there's a lot of things that you can do to save money, specifically software related, um, hiring people when you don't have the time to do certain things. Uh, and you can find all that stuff out either by trial and error or just by seeing what everyone else is doing. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, good customer relationship management, um, you know, software out there to help, you know, utilize your time in tracking everything. So you got your, all your, you know, your customers, your, your, their information, their contracts, their invoices. So being as efficient as possible is one way of saving money because then again, it saves you time to do other things. Welcome to the Wedding Video Walls podcast where we talk about the business of being a wedding creative. And on Mondays, we invite the best of the best in the wedding industry to talk about certain topics of their specialties. And today, Nathan Nowak is here and he's going to talk about how to start your business the right way and what it takes to have an efficient and consistent workflow. So this one's going to be a treat because... He's a really good friend, and he represents both sides of the spectrum. <laughs> You'll find out what I'm talking about. All right, he's ready. Let's start the show. Nathan Nowak is an international award-winning modern photojournalistic wedding photographer based in Orange County and L.A., Nathan's work has been featured in multiple blogs online and is one of the top-rated photographers on Yelp. He loves creating lifelong memories and is definitely one of the most friendly, easygoing professionals in the business. That is so true. He also just came out with a series of talks for Canon, which you might want to consider and you shouldn't miss. So friends, help me in welcoming my really good friend, Nathan Nowak. Check, check, check. Do a mic check. Check, check. For the check. record, can you state your name so I know how to pronounce it correctly? That's a good point, actually. Because my, my name is actually pronounced different ways. For the longest time, I actually pronounced my name kind of incorrectly. Uh -huh. Only because everybody did for some reason. And it was just because of phonetically. But it, everyone says Nowak, but actually my parents and family would pronounce it Nowak. Oh. So, kind of like Bafo. Yeah. That's so, how you pronounce so Bafo. So technically, it's Nowak. It's, I mean, no it's German. Walk. Yeah. Oh. So, so occasionally you'll hear me pronounce it both ways, which is stupid because it's my name. But at the same time, I just <laughs> do it for, for simplicity reasons. It's a U.S. version and a European <laughs> exactly, version. Exactly. Exactly. No walk. No walk. So it's no walk. Nathan, no walk. But if it's German, it's no walk. Technically. Okay. Yeah, if you really want to pronounce it. <laughs> I, mean, if I, I need yeah. to go authentic on this no, one. No walk. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. Nice to be. Nice to see you. <laughs> yeah, nice no. to be you. You were say nice to beat me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. So I feel like I we we we've known each other for a long time, but yeah, technically almost, not really, right? Almost since you came to California, I feel. Really? That was remember it. Remember when I was in? Uh, oh, Amherst, that's right. You came to my studio. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Holy crap! So I've pretty much known you my entire U.S. life. Yeah. <laughs> So before we start, I would love the li the listeners to know something about yourself that they probably would be surprised to hear. Hmm. Uh, uh, not not to be uh, stereotypic, but uh, I used to play competitive table tennis. I uh, was nationally uh, um, traveling around playing at you know tournaments and uh, U.S. nationals in uh, Las Vegas and stuff. So I actually played a lot. It was a uh, was a collegiate winner in uh, Colorado, so a lot of table tennis and uh, other random things. I don't know. I mean, I think most people know I'm adopted. Um, they, my listeners probably don't. Oh well, I'm. Uh, if you see, well, you're, you'll see my profile photo. I'm an Asian with a German last name, so I was raised in Oklahoma, and uh, you know, not uh, not many Asian German. <laughs> uh, Nathan's out there, but I am one of them. So yes, I am adopted from Korea, and uh, and have also met my biological family in the last five years. So that was a really interesting journey. Can you do you mind talking about that a little bit, just so they have like a background of 
Because we just filmed an adoption yesterday. Yeah. And right. it was just so emotional for me. I bet it was like 10 times f- more for you. It was. And we were both crying like babies. I know. But it, it was amazing to see that side of it. Um, I mean, I've been adopted since I was five and a half months old and to two amazing parents. But I came from Korea and I didn't know anything about my family until about five years ago after watching a documentary. I decided to look and and my wife also kind of was pushing me to look for medical reasons and so i did and after a few months they came back with me and uh and said yes we found your family and uh connected us and it was a uh an amazing experience found out that i had six siblings and they'd all been waiting for me to contact them so so there's articles you can actually google my name and adoptee uh or adoption stories and stuff and there's some articles that will pop up about the whole story that's crazy. I, I actually Googled your name last night just so I know <laughs> they have a background of like what, what, what I'm going to ask you, mm-hmm. like your prior speaking engagements. And I once you type Nathan Nowak in there, it just shows up adoption too. It does. Huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it's, it was a few places. I mean, it actually was on Board Panda. It was a, it was, I think it had like 50,000 hits on board Panda or something like that too. So, wow. so yeah, it's, it, there's, uh, I got emails after those articles went online. I actually got a lot of emails from other adoptees asking me how I did it just cause they were doing the same thing, looking for their family. And so oh, it man. was nice to, um, I don't know, to maybe inspire other people to do it. Oh yeah, I bet. And oh, just so the listeners know, if you want to dive deeper into Nathan's story, we could put like a link of sure. the board panda or whatever links you have there and you could probably contact him and ask him how he did it <laughs> so before we get into the 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 very interesting topic of business <laughs> i wanted to ask you first since you you said that you're adopted as an asian you know you're people still see you as an of asian descent here in the u.s and i was wondering like when you got into the industry Actually, how did you get into the industry first, and what do you, what are you up to right now? Sure. Uh, well, I got into the industry before um, doing this. I was actually in the multimedia industry making DVDs, and there's things that I didn't like about that industry, and a few people that I'd been working with that uh, were less than supportive, and that kind of spawned me into looking for an additional uh, hobby slash career and had a friend a couple friends actually in some uh, photography classes and so i started taking those and that i loved it and so as i was going through those classes i decided you know i'm just gonna quit and uh pursue photography full-time so i started doing photography with uh, a friend uh, um, who actually has his own podcast too henry chen oh cool uh, so he uh, needed a second shooter for some uh, some events and so i started working with him and uh, started just practicing on uh, wedding photography. So, and now you are how many years in the industry? So now eleven years into it, and doing both wedding photography, but also commercial photography, and uh, and it's been great. Yeah. So, what year did you start? Because I remember going to your office in like twenty ten. Mm-hmm. I started uh, my first events were two thousand and eight. Oh man! So you barely even started. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, I, just so you know, you guys know. So when I was starting out, I was cold calling people to see if you know they they want to like hang out and if they needed like help with videographers. And of course, as a Filipino, I looked up the white people who were in the industry <laughs> and I typed in, "Okay, Nathan Noack." <laughs> so I um, my name fooled I, you. I, yeah, I emailed. I walked in his office and I'm like, he looks like me. <laughs> so I get that a lot. But <laughs> if people don't see my profile photo or information, they, they do assume that I am white, actually. <laughs> so it happens. Now, now, going back to my question earlier, did you ever have any struggles when you were starting out? Just, for, just so the people who, who are listening, if you encountered any struggles when you were starting out your business? Um, struggles. Yeah. I mean, there's always struggles with, you know, the main thing is how to market yourself and how to get new jobs. I think that's the, the biggest, uh, question that a lot of people are like, okay, well, how do I find more work? And, you know, I have, you know, good photos or good video or a good, you know, um, you know, 
business mindset, but how do I go out and do that? And luckily in California here, we have a lot of people getting married, a lot of business opportunities. And so it wasn't as hard to figure out where, it was just the motivation to do it. So going out like what you did, you went to random photographers that you'd never uh, heard of or met before just to introduce yourself. That right there is what you need to do. Going out, actually meeting people, and pushing yourself uh, to to network and find the business. And and if you don't do that, and you're staying home, just emailing or things like that, you're not gonna you're not gonna find the business. And so that was the challenge for me because I, I actually liked staying home and me and, too and doing stuff. And so I had to force myself to go um, socialize at places that I didn't know anybody. And uh, that that you know, I joined. I joined a lot of actual um, organizations that were not organizations that I'm still part of today because they were just so random. But yet I met people in them, and I and I still uh, learned from them. So, so I, I think that that's what's really important when you have your own business is mm -hmm. to be able to, because you know, some people they assume that once they put something out there, people are going to find out, they're going to know who you are, but you know, you could, you shouldn't expect people to know you until they actually tell you that they know you. So I feel like when we started out, that's what we needed to do. And that was like, that was nine years ago. And I feel like it's, it's way more important to do that now than before. Yeah. Because before they, we didn't have what we had now, like Instagram wasn't even a thing. And Facebook think, was still very, fairly new. Yeah. Yeah. So now people are looking for that connection, like the actual human connection when it comes to, and I feel like that's what networking, how net, how important networking mm -hmm. is. Yeah, face-to-face -face is, is huge compared to the online presence. I, I think people need to get out more and do networking. And that's why, I mean, if you're, if you're trying to date somebody, you know, something like that, online, you know, dating is fine. But I think those speed dating, actual person-to-person -person events are probably a lot more successful. Um, not that I've done any of those, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I would assume they are. Statistically, we're Asian. We yeah. like uh, numbers. <laughs> yeah. Statistically, I would go with the ones that you're actually in person with, whatever you want to do. So, yeah, uh, even if it's something that might be out of your your comfort zone. Okay, yeah. So I, I remember listening to this one podcast, I forgot who, but she said, when it comes to networking, when it comes to marketing, people are looking to date and you're asking them to marry you. So you have to like, they have to get to know you better first before they actually say yes to you. So that's pretty much what it is, is you have to, you have to be personal with every single client that you have. And it's hard for us because we're high volume. So we, we double time mm -hmm. what, how we like, it's still genuine, but you know, it's just like more work for us, especially for me, just like you, I, I'd rather stay at home and just, you know, just watch TV and play my video games. But, you know, as a business owner, you just have to, like, yeah, make sure that you do that. Yeah. Being personal with all your business clients uh, to a little bit of follow-up, customer service, asking them what, you know, what they need afterwards is, is key. I think that's something at the beginning of my career that really did help me. I, I was always, I had the time because I had less clients, and I did put in the extra effort to email, call, respond, send little gifts, things like that, where, um, you know, if you're, if you're too high a volume and hopefully as a, any business owner, you should know what your volume is that you can either step back and go, okay, I, I can't do this or hire somebody to help you fulfill all those, those gaps. Uh, and that would be, you know, Oh man, you're getting into delegation already. Okay. <laughs> so the one, the reason why I invited you over is because you started to uh, speak for Canon at the Canon Center in Costa Mesa. And I love your topics because it's mostly about business, which, you know, mm -hmm. I'm in love with making money and doing business right. So my first question for you is, what advice can you give to people who are starting out to make them, like, start out, how do they start out responsibly with their business? Because not everyone is going in full-time on a business. Some are just part-time. Some are like, oh, it's just a hobby, you know. So what advice can you give them? Uh, research. 
I think would be a good one because uh, research and education. But uh, I'm teaching at Canon and I try to share the knowledge that I've learned over the years from either mistakes or things that I found worked. And a lot of that is stuff that I learned from others or read online or just trial and error. And if I can save anybody the hassle of going through uh, some of those um, obstacles, then that's great because that's, you know, education, that's what it's about is going in, learning what you need to do first before you actually do it. Uh, you never want to go to an event or to a job without some knowledge of what you're doing. And so if there was something I didn't know how to do, I would try to learn it before going. I don't want to practice at the <laughs> at a paid event. So um, same thing. If you don't know anything about business, learn about the business first before you start the business. So we have a system here in the office where we, we when we hire new people and we try to break them in, we don't send them to a wedding yet. It takes them a while to mm -hmm. get sent to a wedding. So we start with editing and they, they need to know the shots that we need. So the, the research we do, we apply it to them, but their research is to just make sure that you know what the style is before we send you out to a wedding. Because we always tell the couples, oh, we're going to send you an extra person, but they know what they're going to do. They just, you know, so they're just assisting first. So I feel like you have to you have to be aware of where you're, tr you're testing out what you research, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's very important even for photographers. I, I typically would never hire uh, a second photographer unless they were an assistant for me first. So it's in a way of getting promoted from an assistant to see not only what I do in my routine is, but also so that they just understand, you know, the proper, you know, route and um, schedule and things that happen. And if they have questions, then, you know, then they can, you know, learn before they go into it. If you just are thrown into it, well, it's, yeah, I, I don't really like that sink or swim mentality on things like that. There are some things that sink or swim, sure, could probably be used for, but for not, not for, uh, for professional things like this. Yeah. Okay. So when you say research, is, are there any particular places that you would recommend for them to go yeah well of course canon because and, and even you you don't have to be a canon shooter to go to canon to learn from their um, yeah their people classes. should know that yeah there's a lot of people that go there uh that that aren't canon shooters so it's it's a really good resource just to learn it's free some of the classes aren't free but the some of them are and uh they have different times different topics i, I mean i've even been trying to go to a few uh, of topics that I'm interested in learning about. And, uh, I mean, there's online resources, you know, SLR lounge, uh, you know, Linda, uh, creative live, even YouTube. I mean, there's plenty of educational material out there. I, I look on YouTube. I'm sure you do too. Just random things. You go, Oh, how do I, you know, make this or how do I, you know, recently I, I wanted to make, uh, um, I wanted to fix something in my house and same thing. I looked it up how to fix it or how people were fixing it and I did it and it was done. I mean, it was really easy. I didn't have to call anybody. So I got, I got a degree in life from the university of YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> you learned everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. You so what else? Podcast. <laughs> Podcast too. Yeah. Um, what else to learn? What other educational resources? Of course, you know, reading too. reading. I'm, I wish I could, you know, say I'm a, you know, an avid reader, but I'm really not. I don't read a lot of books, but I have bought some books and I've skimmed through them. They're uh, good paperweights yeah, for paper. <laughs> I will eventually get to them, I swear. Um, maybe this is the thing that'll get me. But um, podcasts even. I mean, there's a lot of educational resources. Um, I do have some books recently. I'm actually uh, training for my Part 107 license so I can fly drones. And I did buy a bunch of books on that, and I, I will 100% read those. Um, even though the classes that I'm going to be taking are online, it, it's still something that I do want to do and learn about because that's important. It's business-related and safety-related. So, um, uh, yeah, educate okay. yourself wherever you can, um, you know, even if it's, uh, you know, finding a mentor or something that uh, – or workshops or conferences – so. Okay. Yeah, the finding a mentor I feel like is one of the best things because it's it's going to save you time. Like 
I'm pretty sure you're 11 years in the industry. You've encountered things that if only a mentor told me how to handle this, I would have probably yeah. done it differently, right? Yeah. I mean, the mentors can definitely speed things up because they've done it. They have the experience. And so, um, you know, you're learning it from them firsthand. So it's, they're probably harder to get, you know, uh, somebody to really mentor you as far as, um, you know, a lot of those are paid um, you know, one-on-one -on -one workshops or things like that. But the, you know, it depends on how much time do you have, you know, how dedicated are you to uh, learning what you need to learn? Yeah. I've, I, I really wanted, I, I hoped when we started out that there were classes like workshops for wedding videography. But when we, when we got here, there was like three, three to five videographers that there were barely starting as well. And no one, I, I wish someone just told me, Oh, this is how you handle hiring people or this is how you handle your finances, which I feel like it's going to be a good segue to, <laughs> to the finances of yeah. the wedding business. Mm -hmm. So what, what tips can you give people to make sure that they're actually making money from their business? Mm -hmm. Keep good records, track track uh, your your records by knowing what's going in what's going out because if you i used to never i guess track it on an actual software i used used excel spreadsheet um but it was it was helpful it could you could still see where things were going and then the following year you could see oh how much did i spend last year on this you know and you can find ways of minimizing those things like oh i spent this much on this application but this application does it better and it's twenty dollars cheaper so now i can you know try out this application so having a record of what you've used how much you've spent on those things it was it was a nice way of um you know cutting down some costs just uh, keeping, you know, good records because you will have to do taxes. You'll have to do, um, uh, you know, insurance on things. If, you know, by chance you ever lose anything, you'll have to make sure that uh, that your uh, insurance is covering certain aspects of uh, your equipment and, and having a record of all that stuff. So good record keeping, I think, is, is key for, for a lot of that. Um, yeah, because, you know, numbers... Be, being a creative in the creative business is just so hard to transition from oh I'm making art to oh crap I need to I need to keep track of the numbers so I'm I'm pretty sure there are there are softwares there that just like what you said or people who actually have like a customized spreadsheet that they sell for like 20 bucks or something online yeah I mean you'd be surprised at how much you spend on things until you really add it up at the end of the year um, you know, mainly your personnel, the people that you're paying to, to work with you and stuff. It's, it's a large portion of, of, you know, your, your payroll, I guess. Yeah. So that's why Stella and I were talking a few days ago about like, how low is low when you're starting out? Like how low is low when you charge people? Like, is, is it 500 bucks? Is that too low? Or is it like 300? But I just feel like you just need to pull the numbers in first. And the way that you're going to do that is to ask people who already have done it instead of like trying to figure out, oh, I need to maybe buy insurance or, you know, at least someone to tell you. And I'm pretty sure, guys, you could you could probably message someone and they're just going to tell you instead of like you, they're, they're probably not going to charge you. Right. There's a lot of articles online about how to start a business and, you know, the, like the five things you need to know before you start a business and stuff like that. And those things are important and they're good to, to know. A lot of people don't do them. I mean, I know there's a ton of people out there who probably don't have insurance, liability or, or uh, equipment insurance. Uh, I know there's probably a lot of people who don't have backup methods and stuff. But when you learn, you know, what you need and what's going to save you money, and maybe that's the deciding factor of what, from, uh, convinces you to go forward and do something. It's like, oh, this is going to save me money. Okay, you know, because, you know, some people just think, oh, it's just going to save me a little bit of time. But, you know, the whole saying time is money also. So if you can save yourself some time, then you, you really can save yourself money. And so both of those things, you know, you should, you should track and keep in um, mind. Uh, one of the things I will be talking about at my next uh, uh, Canon uh, 
a workshop is a kind of a little spreadsheet of how to um, calculate your profits and, and how much you should charge. So it's, you know, this is how much, how many weddings you want to do. This is how much um, your costs are. This is how much profit you want to make. And then, you know, you calculate everything based on that. And it, it would surprise a lot of people, I think, if you ever do that if, um, for your own business. So, man, I love that. Would you be able to get into that a little bit for this one? Or is it just like, does it have to be visual? It's it's a formula. You mean the it's formula? A, yeah, to yeah. Get just yeah. to calculate for your profit? Yeah, so I mean, just you're calculating your, your cost of how many, um, you know, events you want to work and how much those will total, how much your costs are. And you, you know, you just you pretty much just do this formula and then at the end it tells you how much you on average should be charging uh, per per event. I mean, it's pretty simple once you once you look at all those details. Of course, things change. Your amount of profit you want to make per event, you know, yeah. profit changes. How much you want to pay yourself, how much you want to, um, you know, make some some events might have other uh, perks like a, a venue you've never shot at, or um, you know, maybe it's an event for uh, a bridesmaid or somebody that you know you know where you're going to get additional weddings from. So there's there's things that are you know other factors that can be included. But in general, it's it's uh, most people need to know how much they're going to make to survive because they have X amount of costs. So you know everything can be, you know, calculated. Which is scary because the the amount of money you need to surf- survive means you're barely surviving. Yeah. And you know, in this this day and age with social media, you could you could be like this really popular person in social media, but deep down in your pockets you're like oh my god please so just make sure that whenever you charge for something i feel like that's what you're saying right you you have to always start with the numbers in mind mm-hmm. you can't just say yes to everything yeah. correct yeah you can't just go oh well, all this money is coming in and not think about all the costs that are going out yeah uh, you have to calculate everything and also what what your end result is um, because you also have to remember in the end of, uh, you know, April, you're going to have to pay taxes. So a lot of people have separate bank accounts just to put, you know, a third of their money away into that savings account to pay for taxes unless they're paying, you know, estimated taxes. But, uh, you know, if you put your money away to make sure that it's there so that you don't get surprised, oh, I made this much money and now I have to pay this much, you know, much in tax and I did not. <laughs> save that much money to pay for this tax. That's a really good idea, having like a separate bank account for... Yeah, I mean, just a savings account because you, I mean, you don't make that much from the savings account, but it's, it's you know, it would be less uh, um, enticing to pull out of it if it's just sitting there specifically for your taxes. Okay, that's a really good idea. I love that because usually it's the mat- either the mattress or the washing machine, an old washing machine, just stick the money in there. <laughs> You just hide it in the places. <laughs> I know where I'm looking next time I go to your house. So my next question is, because you talked about insurance and you you said you'll never know what's going to happen. Can we talk about a little bit about the story or is there like a story that you encountered where you're like, oh, crap. I, you, you know, just like uh, backing up and, yeah. you you know, is there a story that you want to talk about? <laughs> Way to lead in. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, backups are important. It's definitely something for, for any situation or business. I mean, I think all business should have backups, no matter what type of uh, industry you're in. Um, you know, even you know, even technical, financial, everyone has backups. Uh, same thing for videographers, photographers, um, you know, DJs, planners. Everyone has a backup. Photographers specifically, um, I always promote as many backups as possible. Even back up your backups. I mean, my hard drives uh, have a RAID at uh, at my office so that I have uh, double, you know, exact mirror copies of each Is other. Is it RAID RAID one? So yeah, it, yeah, it's the yeah, it's the Synology RAID. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and it, it backs up everything. But then on top of that, I have Backblaze, which is backing up everything in a cloud in case my house burns down. Uh, on location, I'm backing up on an uh, external hard drive. If I'm in a destination wedding, I'm backing up on uh, USB flash drives, um, and I'm trying to keep everything separate. So my SD cards are separate from you know where my uh, 
um, you know, computer is and things like that. And I know all this because um, way back when I was doing a wedding with uh, Eric Chen in uh, Hawaii, and we actually had uh, some thieves come into our condo after we had shot a wedding and steal all of our photography equipment and computers and stuff and then just walk out. And we came downstairs and noticed, hey, all of our stuff is gone. And we had just shot a wedding, so everything was lost. Um, there was a few backups that we had that were still available, but a majority of everything was, was uh, gone. And so we, we freaked out. And this was something that I, I don't want anyone to ever go through. And if we had had more backups, um, you know, we wouldn't have been, I think, sweating as, as bad as we were. But in the end, we, we, we be, had to, you know, proactively be uh, little Columbos. We had to search and do whatever we can, we could. So we, we called every pawn shop. We called photographers, videographers. We called the news stations, the radio stations. We called anyone. We even talked to the lifeguards on the beach, um, just if they would know of anybody who, you know, might even be doing this kind of thing. Cause we, in the end wanted the memory cards back. Just please, if anything, put the memory cards back on our doorstep, keep the equipment. We, we want that. That's more important. Uh, and so we talked, uh, to the news stations and a radio station. And we even put an ad on Craigslist saying, if anyone's tries to trade or sell you for photography equipment, um, please contact us first. And sure enough, we did this for about a week, and then uh, one week later, we got a call that somebody was trying to trade photography equipment for a used car. And so we said, okay, uh, do you have any photos? They sent us a photo. The photo was my bag, and I was like, that's definitely my bag. That's my stuff. And he goes, okay. And so he called the police. The police set up a sting operation, and um, the guy arrived, and the, the, the cops swarmed and caught him. So we got all of our equipment back. The uh, SD drives, the the uh, all the the memory cards were erased, but we had oh backup, you know, uh, you know, backup utilities that can uh, revive those, and uh, got a majority of everything back. Oh my gosh! But it was, I mean, it was very tense, very uh, uh, very scary, and especially not just for us, but for for the clients that we had to inform of, you know, what had happened. Oh, so you had to tell them. Definitely. To, uh, let, yeah. Let's go through that. <laughs> Transfer as well, yeah. You know, this is Eric's, Eric's client. He, uh, he talked to them, and I think they were very understanding. They even did an interview at one point with the local news station, and they just were asking for, you know, you know their wedding photos back and things like that. So, it, you know, they, they got to be involved as well to kind of, you know, plead for the material back. But in the end, everything worked out, and... Uh, but yeah, if anything does like happen like that or any problems, you know, I always promote transparency. If you know you need to at least tell people everything that's going on. I, I have heard of other videographers or photographers where drives have crashed or been lost. You know, things happen. But the more backups you have, hopefully, the less chance of of having to have that conversation. And you should never um, not have that conversation because this is your business. The longer you wait on some of those things, the the worse it could be. So I have I have a confession to make because that happened to me oh. maybe a, a, a long time ago. Yeah. And the hardest part for me was to tell the couple about it mm -hmm. because we had a really good relationship with them and we we filmed their wedding. Fortunately, this was a time when we were transitioning from tape to to digital. So we had tape footage. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the best, but you know. But my wife just told me, Stella, my wife, she just told me, you have to you have to tell them. You owe it to them to tell them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's so important for people to understand that. Being a good business owner means you have to bite the bullet sometimes. Definitely. Because you owe it to your couples. Because they're they're paying for this wedding and they're not paying you like five hundred bucks. They're paying you yeah. a lot of money. Right. And you that's why it's your I feel like the more you charge, the more responsibility you have when it comes to your footage, when it comes to handling your customer service, right? Yeah. I mean that's the customer service right there is key. I mean you 
to tell them and what you're going to do about it instead of just ignore that it even happened or just try to hide something like that is not good customer service. Um, and they will realize that and they will know that. And that will eventually hurt you in the end, um, d depending on how, you know, understanding they are. But uh, even if they're the most understanding person in the world, if they don't know anything about it until it's way much, you know, down the line or, uh, you know, that that's just a potential for lawsuit. So Yeah. And heartbreak. Oh, my yeah. gosh. It's just so heartbreaking to when I was about to tell the bride. It was so heartbreaking for me because this was more than just work. Yeah. This was our life. And, you know, we had a relationship with them. And it was just a crazy feeling. But you just had to go through it. It's the worst feeling in the world. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, hopefully everything turns out okay. And in the end, yeah, it's it's how you discuss it with the, the client that's going to make it better. Yeah, yeah. But because people will appreciate it. Mm -hmm. They might not appreciate it now, no. but they're probably going to appreciate it in the long run. Yeah. Because uh, I, I just remember there was this one wedding planner that I posted on Facebook. I don't know if you saw that. She had... Um, oh, yes. Yeah, I, so. <laughs> I did see that one. So I was like, you know, I... this That's it. I, for me, if if you're not going to handle this as a business owner, I'll just help you yeah. by yeah, showing up. everyone... I'll just I'll just transfer the files for free if you can do it. Because yeah. just so you guys know, as a backstory, there's this planner who went on Facebook saying that... I don't usually do this, but we're being desperate. My bride has been waiting for her videos for a year, and all she wanted, two years, right? Yeah. And all she wanted was the files. They just want uh, the, the video transferred to USB, and then he doesn't even need to edit this, this videographer. And, you know, I was looking around, and I asked the coordinator who it was, and then I found out who it was, and then... I was asking people like, you know, I want to, I really want to help this planner out and this bride out. And he's probably here in the area. So I'm like, bro, I'll just go to your office. I'll transfer the files for you because I found out that as soon as I, I asked them about this person, every, every single uh, wedding vendor is like, oh yeah, they're terrible. Mm -hmm. they, he has this reputation. Yeah. yeah. So they know that he's terrible, but he's still getting work. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how, but if you're listening to this, I could you could just contact me. I'll go to your office. <laughs> I'll transfer the files for you because I think you're still busy. Yeah, I'll just do it yeah. for free. And that's the thing is is you know customer service talking to them about why things are happening or what's going on or finding help. You know, yeah, that's, just owning up to it yeah. and then just not avoiding it, avoiding it, not you know changing your phone number or not responding to any emails things like that that that's the worst thing you could do yeah, yeah. it's just it's uh it's the law of life mm -hmm. just be just tell the truth yeah it essentially might have been you know might as well have been stolen because you're, nothing's being delivered oh my gosh that's a crime <laughs> that's a perfect analogy for that yeah you're a criminal <laughs> you're stealing their their videos so. yeah just tell the truth i just watched aladdin Mm. The live action, <laughs> yeah. and you know, just sure. like the cartoon, he was saying, I, "You, you need to make me a prince." And the genie's like, "Why don't you just tell her the truth?" Yeah. And it just <laughs> turns into this great story. But in the end, you mm -hmm. know, not a spoiler alert. You just have to tell the truth. Yep. So we've done the we've done the story. We've done uh, how to start your business. Is there any more tips that you could tell people how to save money when it comes to their business? But before we get into that, I just want to thank you for being a loyal listener. You don't know how much it means to me that you're listening right now and I can share with you something that I'm passionate about. If you enjoy the content that I'm bringing every week, I just want to remind you that the Wedding Video Boss podcast also has a Patreon page where you can pledge as low as $1 to show your support and keep the show going. There's different tiers which gives you different perks like transcripts of all the episodes. This is for those who don't have time to listen for an hour. 
a Facebook community to share and give business advice for photographers and videographers. Also, extra episodes just for the hardcore fans. Just go to www.patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Wedding Video Boss, or click on the link in the show notes. Thanks for your support. Now let's get back to whatever we were talking about. Additional money-saving tips. Um, uh, I mean, for, for, for business-related things, um, I mean, there's a lot of... Are you okay? Yeah. That's that's his elbow uh, making a sound. <laughs> um, the there's a lot of things that you can do to save money. Specifically, software related, um, hiring people when you don't have the time to do certain things, uh, and you can find all that stuff out either by trial and error or just by seeing what everyone else is doing. Uh, there's a lot of you know good customer relationship management. Um, you know, software out there to help, you know, utilize your time in tracking everything. So you got your, all your, you know, your customers, your, your, their information, their contracts, their invoices. So being as efficient as possible is one way of saving money because then again, it saves you time to do other things. If you can save time on, uh, you know, having to keep track of all this stuff and then, you know, remembering to send out an invoice or remembering to send out a follow-up on uh, an engagement session or something, all that stuff can save you time so that you can work harder on other areas because we, we do, we get burnt out. We, we work too hard sometimes. And you know, that whole saying work smarter, not harder. I think it's very true. Um, so if you can find ways of saving time and, and just making it easier on yourself, that will save you money. So, and we all like money. So, yeah. So you're saying that delegation will actually save you money. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because you're going to pay people, mm-hmm. but it's still going to save you money because yes. you're going to get more time. Yeah. I mean, saving money as far as if you can pay somebody else to do something that would normally take you, you know, four hours, um, but your hourly would be, you know, way more than that, that you're paying them, then you're saving money. I mean, I know it's it's tough to consider that, that you're okay, I'm actually paying somebody out of pocket instead of putting my time into it. But think about how much, say, potential work you could get for that extra time that you were, say you go market or you go find or you return a few emails. I mean, just sending a couple emails out can actually make you money because you're connecting with clients, you're connecting with uh, other peers or um, you know businesses. Just that communication in in getting other jobs, and not actually doing some of the work that um, you know you could have some an assistant or editors or other people do for you. Yeah, you're you're making money, and so it, it's I, I am highly on board with outsourcing. So because so whenever I talk to Stella, we just had this epiphany last year that you know what we have to do CEO shit. Because we're the owners of the company. Yeah. So as a small business owner, a wedding business owner, you have to remember that you're supposed to do owner stuff. You're supposed to do ownership. Mm-hmm. Ownership. Ship. Ownership. Ship. <laughs> ownership. So you have to do owners, like CEO stuff, meeting with uh, venues mm-hmm. or networking with photographers or networking with videographers or planners and make sure that you have a re- develop a relationship instead relationship yeah. <laughs> instead instead of just being on the computer just trying to edit yeah. your stuff just or just even posting on facebook or instagram and things like that i mean there's a lot of, of i've recently uh, for my commercial photography company have hired a uh, social media manager and they do all my social media for that so they they are helping me post stuff and track stuff and see what's working see what's not working um, reply to comments and that that actual social media management has taken a load off of, of oh know, yeah my my table and and if you know if I start seeing um, a lot more gain in the Instagram and, and Facebook for those types of things then yeah I'm gonna continue using it and use it even more but don't you just love it that when we started out we didn't have this mm-hmm. and now that we're almost like 10 years, 9, 11 years in the industry, suddenly these resources are available for everyone. And if I were a business owner that was just starting out, 
I'd probably just do this and concentrate on my customers mm-hmm. and concentrate on my peers yeah. instead of just trying to like, you know. Hustle. Yeah, there, there are some aspects of doing it all at the beginning, which is good because as a manager or a CEO, you should know all the, the areas of your right. company and what they do. Um, so that having that knowledge in all the different areas is a good thing to do and then see which ones you can delegate out. Uh, and then you can actually follow up with those specific tasks, making sure that everyone's doing the th- you know, you know the correct amount of work and the 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 way you want it to be done. But in the end, you don't need to be doing those things. Um, so. Hopefully, it's not the end in the yeah. latter part of your business. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, so okay. So you it, when you start, you're saying that when you start out, you have to work hard. Sure. But to learn all the aspects. When you the already establish yourself, you work smarter, mm-hmm. not the other way around. Correct. Okay. Yeah. That's that's great. I love that. You said hustle earlier. Yes. I was just talking to my wife about this word, and I feel like it's a very negative word. Because when you say hustle, it's like you're kind of like conning people. Mm-hmm. But the... Uh, Different recently, definition. Yeah. Yeah. So recently, it's become like this word that means, you know, just work, work, work. But I, I don't know. Whenever I hear hustle, it, it's just, it just sounds to me like it's just working hard. It's yeah. not working smart. Okay. You're not thinking of the hustler, like the, you know, like a, a pool shark or something. No, no, like no, 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 no. I hope not. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, tell me, let me know what you think, because I feel like working hard is, is a good trait, but it won't, really last that long yeah i mean eventually people burn out i think uh in you know unless everyone is growing younger instead of growing older i think at some point that uh we all find things that we want to do more of and and we realize certain things we want to do less of and it doesn't make it you know less important or anything it's still an aspect of your business but there's a lot of things that we just discover this is what i want to do this is the part i love about my job i mean i know certain uh, photographers who actually don't do the main photography anymore they'll they'll hire other photographers you know one and two to do the actual main event the details everything else and then they are the third photographer which is essentially doing just the really artistic stuff the you know maybe the very important portraits or the very uh um, you know, uh, elaborate angles and, and setups and stuff. So they are doing uh, what they want to do and not do the the family formals or the table photos or things like that. So there's definitely a way of, you know, figuring out as an owner what you want to do in your own business. And it doesn't make it any less important because you're, you're hiring the right team to do the business the way you want it to be done. Um, so hopefully clients aren't worried that, oh, it's not going to be as good of a quality. But, um, you know, they shouldn't. Okay. So you're saying that the steps, there, you just established three steps in, <laughs> in starting a business. You're saying that when you start out, you have to establish you. Mm-hmm. Work hard. You make sure you do as much as you can to establish yourself. Once you get established, you mold your brand, right? You, you try to find out who, what your brand is, and you settle for that brand because that's pretty much what you're going to be known for. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is just try to just try to stay consistent with your brand. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you're shooting or someone else is shooting for you as long as the brand is established, right? Is that yeah, what you're saying? Definitely. Yeah, no. And consistency in your own brand is is very important. I mean, there's a lot of things that we change over a period of time, or especially after, you know, 11 years of doing something. There's different methods and styles that we may shoot, different equipment we use, lenses. But in the end, I think the the, the guts of the business are still there. What we love and what we want to do are still there. Some people might switch, and there might be people who make a complete 180 and decide, oh, I don't want to do it this way anymore and try to change it um, based on trends and things like that. But I, I haven't. I've I've train, changed a few looks of my photos over the past, but the way I interact with my clients, the way I um, photograph certain scenes, I still look for that artistic um, touch 
and the non-traditional look to it. And that's, I think, something that's always been consistent uh, through my brand over the years. I mean, and also fun. I, you know, I try to be fun in all my photos. So it's not just, you know, um, fun or emotional, I guess, depending on the, the, the moment. But, you know, it's those are things that you look for and to, to keep with your brand. Other people look for romantic all the time or, or you know, pretty and airy and you know so and that's it that everyone has their style and so it's that's great keep with it keep with your what's true to yourself okay hustle hustle i mean no don't hustle (laughs) so are you gonna insert the song (laughs) (laughs) so when we so we were, were talking about delegation right what advice can you give to creatives who can't let go of control Mm, that's a good one yeah, uh, control is tough because there are a lot of, of issues and I've had them myself. Uh, I've gone through like uh, editors before in the past where they've done some um, image editing color correction for me and certain things just didn't work out the way they were doing stuff. And 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 I think it, it's a good to have both aspects. I, I'm picky on what I want done but at the same time at some level I have to kind of step back and go okay they're going to do things their own way but it still has to meet my criteria so um, you just need to figure out what you can look past like maybe um, you know they're they're cropping or they're rotating something that you might not want rotated in the first place Um, you know things like that you can change your 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 method by just you know bringing those up but in the end, the style and look of what you really want done should be uh, under your control. So um, keep the things that are important to you in your own control and let up on certain other things. Um, don't micromanage too much, but uh, in the end, it is your your company and your reputation. So you should uh, keep track of everything. Don't completely, you know, for the, for the, the opposite of a control freak, don't completely just go, yep, you have it, take control, do everything without ever looking at it. And that's, I think you've heard of stories, horror stories in the past where other people have just not monitored people working underneath them to the point where something went wrong. And then all they did was blame that person. Well, this person did it for me. Well, it technically was your job to monitor um, that person's, uh, you know, um, process and things like that. So it kind of falls on you as a manager to make sure that it was being done correctly. Um, so, it's just it's a balance. Okay, it's a balance of um, being in control and not letting certain things. I'm go. actually guilty of that, uh, giving too much control to the person. But then, fortunately for us, we our our work, our products, they go through multiple people. Mm-hmm. So Stella watches it, Jean watches it, and then I watch it, and then we have our own input. So before we send it out to the world, great. We just make sure yeah. that, you know, because I feel control. like, yeah. Yeah, ha- have some some things. And that's the thing. I don't think anyone should ever send anything out without actually looking at everything that, that's there. Um, I mean, I worked when I was in the DVD industry. We had a whole department of quality control that would, you know, look through multiple people would be looking through things and checking everyone's work. And accidents still made it through. Oh, yeah, for I sure. That's always, that's always possible. But... Um, but you do what you can to make sure that there's a minimal amount of accidents or things that are not, you know, in consistent with your brand. So. Okay. So we've talked about consistency, branding. We've talked about horror stories, horror story. Um, now I would love it if you describe what a normal day is for you before a shoot. Like, how do you prep and how do you end your night? Just to close our interview and to give an idea of to the people who are starting out how how you handle your day. Hmm. Uh, I stay as organized as possible. So I, I have my internal checklist. And, I mean, I've done this for a while now. So for those who don't have their own internal checklist, write it down. Write down a checklist. Make a, uh, you know, make a spreadsheet of saying, okay, Every morning before I go to an event, I'm going to check this, 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 and this. Because you never know on the days you're busy or running behind, you, your alarm clock didn't go off, your, your toast was burnt. I don't know. Something like that. You're going to forget something. And if you have a checklist to go through, 
that's that's going to be very important. So make sure you have your batteries. I, you know, make sure the night before all my batteries are charging so that everything is, um, you know, in my bag. I have had one instance where I was going to do an engagement shoot and I ha- I know my battery was charged. My battery was, I, I know it was charged. The one thing that I didn't, wasn't aware of is that it was in my bag and my camera was on. So the entire time on the way up to the engagement session, the shutter had been clicking and moving and doing things and the battery ran out by the time we got up there. So we had to get in, you know, had a friend run up a, <laughs> an extra battery, but things like that, that, that I was not prepared for. So um, having everything like extra batteries, extra memory cards, having all your memory cards backed up. So these are all things that I do in the morning, prepare uh, for the event, make sure your lens is all there, you're, uh, they're clean. So then everything is packed in my bag. I uh, make sure I have a printed schedule. I make sure that all my people, assistants, and second photographers are arriving to the correct location by either texting, emailing, calling, just to make sure, because there have been instances of that also where somebody showed up at the wrong location. Um, you know, San Diego Zoo, San Diego uh, Animal Park are not the same thing. So oh, I didn't know that. So 30 minutes away from each other. Holy so, crap. So if you go to one and not the other, that's, that's an issue. So always double-checking on the address of a location. Um, you know, double checking with planners to know what hotel their, uh, you know, bride and groom are getting ready at, making sure it's this hotel and that it's not just the Marriott in Anaheim because there could be five Marriott's in Anaheim, you know, so things like that. You make sure you're, you're prepped and ready. From there, uh, you pack your bags, you, you know, make sure you have a good breakfast or you at least have some snacks because you never know what's going to happen during the day. A lot of times you don't have time to eat a, uh, a granola bar or drink some water. So bring snacks. Um, I even have an emergency kit for my, my uh, brides and grooms. So I have an emergency kit of uh, um, safety pins. Uh, uh, the, what's that stuff? Um, wine away. It's, it's the little shout outs uh, thing. So in case someone spills something, you oh. can actually, uh, you know, and I've used it before. Somebody spilled, you know, during like a little getting ready portion, they spilled a little wine on their, on their shirt. And, you know, this is a white shirt, so they use this little thing to get rid of the uh, color. And so having some backups like that that might nobody might not even think about is, is good, and it just shows that you're thinking ahead. Um, I have I even have a, uh, a hanger that goes on the wall in case you're, you know, when you get to a venue and you don't have any place to hang the, uh, the dress, it's my own hanger. I can stick it to a wall. I can stick it to a mirror. I can stick it to a glass window. It uh, gives me some options outside of the ones that are in the room. So it gives you a little more control. Uh, one of my other friends, he had a hanger cord, like a, a uh, it's one of those garment poles so that you could put the dress in areas that you wouldn't normally think about being able to put it in. Uh, so, you know, thinking ahead, getting all your stuff ready. And then you shoot the event. Uh, you know, make sure you uh, arrive early because traffic and, you know, wherever you live, traffic in L.A. is horrible. So you never know what's going to happen. I arrive at least 30 minutes early to almost every event and I'm there ready parking. Uh, I'm multiple times have I gone to a venue and, and gotten there early and then actually not arrived to the room until I was on time because I had to find my way through the hotel or I had to park and then I had to grab my bags and then uh, too many people were trying to get into an elevator or something like that. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why that extra time is worth it that uh, you, your assistant, your second photographer, everyone should always arrive early. Never make that mistake. That's that's the easiest thing to to. Well, you're getting yourself buffer time yeah. to, to whenever you get the wrong address. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it happens. And yeah. so, so do all of that. Once you get to the event, you know, you shoot the event the best you can. Give it your all. Hustle. It's <laughs> gonna be a keyword here. I'm cringing right now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, you know, do do what you do best. And at the end of the day, I do back everything up. I have a uh, personal little hard drive that I back up all my images at the event. Um, second photographer is usually um, shooting on some of my cards as well. And if I have time, I'll back their cards up as well. And then, uh, you know, I say goodbye. I always say goodbye to everybody, the planner, say goodbye to the, you know, the other vendors if they're still there. 
Um, one reason why you'd want to say goodbye to the planner is there's occasional times where the planner actually has your tip and you might not know about that. If you didn't say goodbye to the planner, you might have actually forgotten uh, that they had something for you or things like that. So yeah, just, that happened to us too. Yeah. Just say goodbye. I, I one time even had a, a it was a, an unfortunate mistake, but I asked the planner and I was saying goodbye and they actually asked me about my, my tip and I was like, no, I didn't get anything. And they, by accident, the, the DJ was the same. It was a Nathan, and they had given the oh, Nathan crap. envelope to the DJ, unfortunately. So and and so yeah. So luckily, you know, this is all done afterwards and everything. So um, you never know. You know. So the, you never got the tip. They they eventually got it back from the DJ. And then oh my gosh, yeah. that's nice. But well, it's kind of an awkward conversation. Oh my god, I know. Well, Nathan, if you're listening, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you, DJ Nathan. And uh, yeah, so. Yeah, sorry. So it wasn't the DJ; it was the officiant. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So it was the officiant. The DJ was still there. That's right. Um, but uh, so yeah, other things you know to to consider is at the end of the day, say goodbye to the bride and groom. Even um, you know, just be that customer service, even if they're busy. You know, you know, be just say bye, give them a hug, say thank you, and you know, congrats. And then uh, and then you you know go home, back everything up. Sometimes I send out a, a sneak peek that night so that, uh, you know, they have at least one image to, to post to their Facebook or social media, you know, of, of them getting married. And then uh, once everything starts backing up overnight, uh, you know, I get ready for whatever is happening the rest of the weekend. So sometimes I have to recharge, um, you know, all my stuff. But I don't back, I don't rewrite over those cards. So I always keep those cards separate. Uh, again, another backup. So... I have so many memory cards. Wow. So you always buy memory cards for every wedding you do? Or uh, until that mem- and then until that uh, uh until you deliver it. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So once that uh, wedding is delivered, then those memory cards are back into the uh, pool of usable cards. Okay, gotcha. Yes. So that's what we do too. Yeah. I do at least a highlight video mm-hmm. and then I I back it up yeah. because I I have a, a system where uh, the the editor has their own drives, mm-hmm. but now we upgraded to Synology, so everyone's editing from that mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. So I have a mirror, but then I have a physical drive that I always upload into. So every time we upload a wedding, mm-hmm. so that's pretty much what your day is. Yeah, that and is, then, that is the, a day of an event. Yeah, and then I shower. <laughs> Sometimes that's, I get so tired that I don't shower anymore. I just pff. and sometimes I eat in and out. That's it. <laughs> so. I've never tried that before. I feel like I'm not gonna be able to sleep if I do that. <laughs> I, I like to reward myself every once in a while after a long day or a long event. So sometimes it's a, sometimes it's an in and out. Sometimes it's an ice cream. You know, sometimes it's a beer. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was just gonna say I reward myself with beer and a <laughs> glass of wine before going to bed. So that was it. Great. That was great. We covered almost everything that a business owner needs to go through, particularly for photographers and videographers. But then I'm pretty sure, just like how I learn from for for my business, I try to listen to other people who own a business, and I get tips from that. And I hope the listeners picked up something. Yeah, uh, hopefully anything uh, you know is something that you might learn from or change in your routine. And uh, yeah. That's that's why I like teaching at Canon is you know educating others uh, you know just on things that they might not know or they might not have considered. So I, I wish I had some of those utilities uh, when I started oh, yeah. out because I really didn't. I mean there was very little stuff um, back in the day. I mean even at my school there wasn't. Uh, I was one of the first ones really using my digital camera for the classes. They didn't even have you know certain classes that were geared toward digital photography, wow. but now they do. So. So uh, I would love it if you tell the listeners how to get in contact with you and where to where to find you and if you have any upcoming events that would be great. Sure, yeah, I'm uh, I'm on of course you know Instagram, Facebook. Uh, my Instagram handle is Nowak Photo. Uh, my uh, Facebook page is Nathan Nowak Photography. Um, I'm on Pinterest. I'm on uh, Twitter, but I don't really do much of Twitter. <laughs> I don't have a podcast like uh, like Mr. Paul here. I am teaching at Canon uh, twice this month in June. I'll be there June 13th teaching a class on the um, things to consider when starting up your, your photography company. 
And then I'll be teaching again on June 15th, just two days later. We're doing a special along with uh, Abby Tnori and uh, Ning Wong. Oh, that's we're, right. We're doing a teaching uh, how to take better family portraits for fathers because it's the day before Father's Day. So fathers or just any family can bring in their family, take some photos, learn how to take better photos. And um, it's just kind of going to be a fun little day uh, during that weekend. So so June 13th for my uh, class, it's at 7 to 9 p.m. and then the is it a paid class or a so free that's a class? free class so you can sign up free online you can go to uh, Canon's website live learning website the uh, Saturday one is also free and that one I think I believe goes from 12 o'clock to 4 o'clock but uh, all of these again yeah sign up for free online and uh, I don't have any I don't have any paid workshops coming up so everything is free I'm just giving it away free Oh, what a golden heart you have. <laughs> you should, I, I'm going to give you a tip before we, we finish. You should uh, have your spreadsheet that you're going to discuss in the class mm -hmm. available online and you can sell it because I'm pretty sure people are going to buy it. Yeah, well, people always ask me if they can download it later and, and I actually don't have a way of giving it to Canon to download it to the, I, I mean, I guess I could find a way that way, but yeah. Maybe yeah. I could. Maybe I'll sell it. Uh, sell I'll tell you how copies. how to sell that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Off offline. Okay. So great. thank you. Appreciate thank you. it. Thank you, Paul. This Here's been, oh, let's do a fist bump. This has been great. Yeah, because I keep bumping into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first podcast. First podcast so, so far, so good. I apologize to everyone and thank you for making it this far. <laughs> thank you. All the best. Thanks. So just like that, we talked about the most important aspects of how to maintain, run and maintain your business. Just make sure that you cover all your bases legally and financially, and you make sure that you took notes on the things that you need to consider when you're starting your wedding business. Because, you know, when it comes to like costs and where you're going to market, who your market is, and especially the money saving tips, I think that will help you a lot. Make sure your workflow is good. And the way you handle your projects is very, very organized. I really hope this episode helped you out a lot. And I am looking forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Wedding Video Boss Podcast. Thank you so much to those who gave reviews, who subscribed, and who gave ratings to the show. I really appreciate it. Till then, play nice if you can't win. Be nice, especially if you're good looking. Boss man out! Especially if you're good looking. Boss man out.